episode 29, Prioritize or Die. Welcome to the SaaS Venture Podcast. Sharing the adventure of leading and growing a bootstrapped SaaS company. Hear the experiences, challenges, wins, and losses shared in each episode from Aaron Weike of Leadferno and Darren Shaw of Whitespark. Let's go. Welcome to the SaaS Venture Podcast. I'm Aaron. And I'm Darren. Did you see what I did with that clickbait title of our uh, episode today, Darren? I did, actually. I wrote something different, but yours is way better. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> I think I was mostly trying to avoid, right? You had wrote prioritization, and I was like, that just sounds like a word that I will somehow mangle when we go to hit record. And then, right. yeah, I just went all out sensationalism and clickbait and... And I actually think not only is it clickbaity, which is great, but it also is accurate. I think that's it's really the theme of this episode. Yeah, and it's not, you know, as we get into it, it's it's not an instant death. Like it's just probably a slow death if Absolutely. You, you don't adhere to it. And yeah, I'm I'm super excited to get into that, but it's been Five weeks uh, since we've last recorded, and you know we caught up a little bit before hitting record. Sometimes, sometimes I think we should just hit record the second we get on and let people hear all of our small talk. But and then right. maybe wrap that into the after show. Um, we usually have really big. We just had some really big ideas. We'll see if we can put those into into play someday. But yep. Um, you know what? Uh, what has been consuming your time this? Uh, last handful of weeks? Um, I've been busy with the summit. Um, just, I've been on lots of calls with the team, uh, planning our software and, uh, lots of summit stuff. So just trying to get all of our, so you're talking about for those that don't always listen to us, you put on a local search summit virtual last year. It was your very first one. Remind me again, like how many speakers, I know the attendee number was super high, like fr- frame up how the very first one went. So our, our White Spark Local Search Summit, the first one we did last year, virtual summit, it's uh, free to attend, pay if you want the recordings. And it we had 6,000 registered, uh, you know, people register for the event. Um, we That's so awesome. It was huge. Yeah. So I was a little bit shocked with how well we did. Uh, we had 32 speakers, I think, a three-day event. And so it's a lot of work to put it together. So Heck this yeah. year, I'm really excited about how things are shaping up. Our lineup is phenomenal. We've got incredible speakers like Aaron Weike speaking. <laughs> <laughs> so it's going to be fantastic. I can't wait for it. We've really put a lot of polish on it this year. I got I got to give a shout out to Jesse Lowe on our marketing team. She is our marketing team. Go, Jesse. She, she's she's done such an incredible job with like the design and the, like we're we're building our website now and our sponsor deck and just everything is just getting really nicely tweaked and polished and it's going to be an incredible event and I think that uh, we're shooting for eight thousand registrations this year but it really feels like that you know that level of conference quality that you might see at a MozCon, I feel like we're hitting our stride with it this year and really kind of taking it to that next level. So I've been really busy with that, trying to get that stuff organized. Yeah. I mean, that's just so incredible. Like when you say those numbers, I remember that attendees were in the thousands, but 
again, first time event. Yeah. You pull it off during a pandemic. Yeah. You know, some of it probably helpful, right? Because people were like yeah. just so hungry for good information, good interaction. Like I, I remember I I super enjoyed so many of the speakers are like friends and people that we see on the conference circuit that you get to see in person and have a beer with or grab dinner with. And it was just like, it was just great to hear David Mim present. It was just, yeah. you know, great to hear people that you're used to that are smart and have something different in your day than Zoom calls with, you know, your internal team. So yeah, those, those are some lofty goals, man. 8,000. 8, that's awesome. I can't wait. I'm a little bit worried that instead of, you know, increasing our registration count, we might drop. And one of the one of the concerns I have is just virtual conference burnout. It's like we kind of hit it in an, at a sweet spot last time around, whereas it's been a full year. And I don't know, my inbox is blowing up with virtual conference invites all the time. And so I, I just nope. wonder if people are a little bit burnt out from yeah. it. But we'll see. Yeah, could be. But I would say... In the local space, other than local you, like nothing else comes close to the level of content that you put into that event. So I I think no matter what, like even if you stay the same, even if you're a little bit lower, like you, you've you put something great in motion that I, yeah. I can't wait for it to be like an, an in-person. Just imagine like, right? Imagine if you're able to pull off a thousand person, you know, in-person conference yeah. event in local that would be nuts well we plan to do it uh i actually have already looked into uh doing the conference at the bamp springs hotel in banff alberta epic and so one day we're gonna go to it's like castle in the mountains in the rocky mountains it's so yep. beautiful i want to do it there i've looked into pricing i would have done it if i felt confident that by 2022 we wouldn't have weird covid variants locking us down again but there was like their cancellation policy is like you got to sign that contract and if you if you back out you lose 75 grand so it was like uh, okay i can't commit but yeah 2023 i feel like we're gonna do it we're gonna do it in the mountains it's gonna be great oh my gosh that sounds sounds epic to say the least yeah i'm, I'm i want to have i want that to happen on uh on my side of things um you know, you, you and I talked during this as friends and then professionally on a couple things, but like I, I had a hard two, three weeks of being able to focus on work, Yeah, which is really strange for me because I am like, I'm definitely a workaholic work, work is like a hobby. Like I just love being immersed, but, um, you know, the, the short of it is my mom has Lewy body dementia and it's gotten to the point where she can't live on her own. And so we had to transition her into assisted living and the combination of like, you know, visiting facilities and finding the right one for her and organizing everything that goes into a transfer like that. And just some of the medical things and records and application and process. And then she was living in a townhome that we owned. So cleaning that out. And then my wife and I decided to sell the townhome as well with my mom moving out of it. We just felt like the timing was right and the real estate market's great. So it was like, it was really hard where I'm normally like, you know, a lot of hours, 50, 60 hours easily of high output work. I was probably more in like the 30 hour range and having a hard time focusing because of these bigger things. And it was really hard on me for a little bit because I'm just so not used to it. Right. It was just, 
just jarring off of my normal schedule and what I usually put myself into and everything else. So it's nice to like be on the other side of that now and feel, you know, mom's moved and settling in and that's a really, you know, that's a good situation for her and, and everything else. And the townhome was sold and closed and that's wrapped up. And so we're not spending nights and weekends over there getting it ready to sell and that whole process. Yeah. So it was, it's definitely like threw me for a loop that when I was in it, I definitely felt like I was just like, you know, kind of treading water, if not drowning and looking around, like what direction do I go here? This, this feels awful weird. Oh man. I'm so sorry. That's, that's gotta be, it must've been really tough. Must continue to be really tough for you. Uh, you know, with, with your mom. So really sorry to hear that. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. You and I, you know, we had some personal conversations that were helpful, easy outlet for me to uh, talk through some of those things. But yeah, it's just different. The reverse parenting and the things that go along with that is, you know, you enter the next stage of, of life. Um, it's, it's definitely interesting and yeah, it can be overwhelming. And I don't know, I guess just wanted to share that for those of you, you know, running a company, starting something, all those things are hard enough. And that's not even throwing in what real life throws at you sometimes. And when you're an entrepreneur, you just live so much of your life in the business and uh, it can, it can get hectic. So know if it's getting hectic for you, you're not alone. And hopefully you find the right people to talk to and the right ways to sort through it. And you, you get to the other side of that moment. Yeah, for sure. You know, we all, we all have the things that, that come up that we, you know, we try to run a business, but life interrupts often. Yeah. On the plus side of life, like I'm fully vaxxed. That, that's as of like three and a half, four weeks ago. So I've had weeks now to like live as a vaccinated person. Um, I booked a, a nice. flight just two days ago. Like I, I felt like Whoa. such a noob going into my Delta app and like, oh, how do you book a flight? Like <laughs> I had completely forgotten. Yeah. Um and booking a hotel, like all of it just felt, I felt like I was making these huge purchases on something literally, right? I used to probably do 30 to 40 flights a year, something right. that I used to like, I don't know, I probably illegally was booking flights while like driving somewhere. Uh, it was just <laughs> that common of a repeated process. Uh, yeah. And then I actually bought tickets to uh, Saster. Um, they were doing in person awesome. in September. They're, uh, they said you, you have to be vaccinated. I think almost the entire conference is outdoors. They're using a big outdoor, uh, facility, uh, oh, in wow. California in the area of that. So, yeah. So I'm really interested to, uh, to check that out and see that and looking forward to it. Um, I think my wife, Marcy is, I saw the like glee in her eyes when I said I was booking travel, like right. <laughs> she was like, yes. I could use some alone time in the house. This sounds great. Yeah. yeah. She's very encouraging. She's like, that sounds, that sounds wonderful. Is it tomorrow? No, babe, you got to <laughs> wait a couple of weeks. <laughs> wow. That's a, that's a huge move. Book and travel. You know, we're, uh, we're a couple of months behind you in Canada with our vaccination rollout. And so this is beyond my comprehension at this point, but yeah, I, I look forward to one day booking travel. <laughs> Hopefully, in the not too distant future. You will you will get there soon. When when it happens, like if you just need a field trip, like come on down to Minneapolis and let's hang out for a couple oh of days. Oh my god. I should just make that my first I should just book it right now. Just Done. Yeah. Sounds like a plan. Yeah, would love to. Would love to.
Um, what's happening with, uh, I remember last time we talked, you, you had your flutter main developer leaving. How's that sorting out? Oh man, that, that has been a struggle. Um, so we engaged both our initial recruiter that's helped us build our team. Um, and then we went through top tail. Oh yeah. And I, I would, I would just say that really the biggest challenge is right. Flutter is really, uh, two to three year old as far as like being, you know, still not mainstream, but like just on the map. So the pool of candidates is just super small. So my experience with TopTal, you know, to cut to the chase, we didn't, the, we did hire someone. It wasn't through TopTal. We probably had four or five interviews through TopTal. Um, one we interviewed and felt like they weren't the right fit for our project. The next candidate we interviewed literally an hour after we interviewed them, we found out they took another job, uh, another project to work on. Then mm-hmm. they sent us one that was like twice the hourly rate that was in our budget. So that was a, a non-starter. Um, then we interviewed uh, another one, liked him. Um, TopTal does, they basically like, uh, put them with you on the project for like five days as like a free trial. Mm-hmm. And then after day one, um, he backed off the project. Yeah. Uh, he didn't like the, uh, he's, he basically said, I should have asked a few more questions. He didn't like the state management that we were using with it um, and felt like he wasn't going to be a good fit for that, which was great that he didn't waste any more time, but yeah. it totally felt like a back to the drawing board. And so then we also had a couple of interviews with um, our original uh, company that was recruiting for us. Uh, and we ended up one of the two candidates they sourced for us, um, got to move forward with him. And he just started part time this week. Um, so, you know, that process took us five, six weeks yeah. to completely reset, which where we're at in timing right now and trying to get to launch, like that feels like we lost an eternity losing two to three sprints. Sure. Um, but all you can do is be happy now. The, the one little plus is he does have uh, some Node.js, which is our back end. Um, so he might be a little bit full stack for us, which mm-hmm. uh, is interesting. So far, we kind of have two front end, two back end. Um, yeah. So that, that wild card might, might be nice with it. So it's, it's taken a while. It wasn't ideal. Uh, some of it's like no fault of anyone's it's just kind of a i think i think flutter's starting to grow so those that have talent and experience there are in high demand especially when you know we we're looking for someone that had at least a year experience within flutter not yeah. looking yeah. to learn it with us do you uh okay now that you've been through this process uh, do you have any regrets about choosing flutter uh, as a sort of less mature language that maybe doesn't have the same pool of candidates that other languages have? No, because, you know, the whole reason we selected is because we knew we were going to do mobile apps um, as well. And so really my only regret will be is if that process isn't as smooth for us to kick out our mobile apps. We're going to launch with just our web Mm -hmm. app and then fast follow with the mobile apps. Sure. Um, So I I just look at it, right? We, We knew that there would be some pieces of you know, immaturity and libraries with Flutter and, and things like that. And we've kind of crossed a few of those bridges. Um, but I'm still really hopeful that, you know, the main reason we decided why was 
to only work on one, you know, code base per se to deliver the front end in web and native app experiences. Right. Um, so from that but, side, I still feel good. If if that falls flat, then I'll be super frustrated that we should have used React and React Native, something more tried and true. Um, yep. Yep. We'll see. Well, we'll see. I guess we'll talk about it on a future podcast. How your mobile app development is proceeding. <laughs> there, there you go. Hopefully, it'll probably be a couple episodes from now. But yeah, I I can't wait. I'm excited to get to that part of things. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. Um, what else is going on? How are things at Leadferno? I guess, you know, now that you've got your, your development back on track. Yeah. Uh, progressing well is just with anything, you know, never, never fast enough. Um, yeah. But, you know, I, and I think this probably serves as a, a good crossover with us to start talking because um, prioritization, because that's really where we're at right now, right? Is like, sure. We kind of internally set four months ago, like end of June, right? We're recording this right now on June 11th. Um, it'll come out next week. But, you know, we set end of June is when we wanted to go live. And I can see from where we're at right now, like it's going to take us another sprint or two, just yep. testing, clean up some of those things. Um, but even when we launch then, like it's it's still not going to be perfect. So there's definitely like, you know, launch is our priority right now, but then there's a couple of priorities that I have to answer to inside of that launch that which one's most important, right? Is it um, time uh, or is it features? Um, and I, I have some uh, uh, conundrum uh, within that on like which one to, to place first. And I, I think I've arrived somewhere, which is, is good because you do need to make some decisions on these things and not waffle on them. Um, yeah, that's, that's been it, hard. It's exactly what I'm dealing with too, with our, our, you know, the stuff that we're working on at white spark. Like I could build my grand vision over the course of the next year or build out, build it into phases, you know? So we have like multiple launches. And so our goal is definitely to get to these multiple launches. Um, so we have like our phase one, phase two, phase three. And then once we get phase six wrapped up, then that's the grand vision of like what I want to build. Right. So that's I'm, that prioritization. What goes into phase one? What do you move to phase two? Is what we had planned for phase three more important to put for phase two? That's all the stuff that I'm, I'm debating right now. Yeah. Well, and as you and I have discussed off recording, um, you know, I think you were wrangling for a long time with like, how do you, how do you fit this in or how do you prioritize this next thing with, with what you're doing? Right. And you, you have, you have tools and services that you sell right now. Um, and how do you balance, you know, not not only supporting those, but do you continue to improve and mature those at the same time? You know, what I heard from you is just like the next thing that you're building being so important to you, right? Like no matter what we were talking about, your answer would turn to platform really being the answer to other things that we were trying to solve or discuss or whatever else. And it became a you know apparent to me and then I think apparent to you, like platform needs to be the prioritization right it really does and one of the things it's like you know your title prioritize or die and you mentioned it's a slow process and it is it's really like 
death of a company by a thousand cuts. It's one little thing after another. And we've been up against that for, I don't know, five, 10 years. We're just constantly like, before we can progress on this, we got to finish that one last thing, or we got to do this little thing, or we have to update our crawling architecture, or we got to change our mailing application. It's just like, because we're already a mature company, with a, a customer base to support and software to keep running, it's really hard to build that next generation of our product. And it's, it's, it's something that it's really become clear that if I don't turn everything off, we won't ever get there or it'll just take us another three years to get there. And so this, this prioritization has really, you know, hit home with me and it's like, we're putting everything on ice. If if it's if it's not mission critical, we don't do it. So if it we're putting all resources towards building platform, which is yep. which is the next generation of Weisspark products. And so I uh I have to do it. Otherwise it won't happen. And so and if it doesn't happen, we will continue to be a profitable, you know, successful company. But we won't have that growth, that thing that that catapult into the two times, three times, five times growth that I want to see happen for Whitespark. The potential is there. And it's like, I'm always looking at it. It's this sort of future thing. It needs to stop being a future thing and it needs to be a now thing and that we're we're building it right now. Yeah. Now, one, you know, like I I fully support that. And and I totally agree with your statement, like you, you won't reach your potential, right? Like yep. y- you, you have these ideas, you know, these things, you have so much experience in the space, like, you know, what needs to be delivered. And if you keep kind of like hobbying around with the other things that you have right now and trying to forward those at the same time of creating this ultimate idea, like you, you just can't, you can't split hairs that many ways and still have something yet left to like yeah. do something with. I, I think you put it, you put it perfectly in our like pre-show notes when you just wrote, it's okay to put other things on hold. Um, right. But yeah. you know, we had some conversations, but I'd love to hear, or, or maybe you sharing a little bit, like what happened in between some of our conversations where you're, you know, thinking about this internally, right. And going through the, hmm. how, how, you know, how, how uncomfortable at first and how did you get yourself more more comfortable with it's yeah. okay to put things on hold and pursue this big idea that feels this feels like what i need to do but then it's much different to like say you're going to do it and then put that in action to just do it yeah so i would say there was there was two two things that happened one you and i talked about you know this platform stuff and and you had pushed for it you'd be like Man, Darren, you should really—you really need to start putting other things on hold and focus on platform. And so that that seed was planted. And then, so the I've always been faced with, well, we'll get to that when we finish this thing. We'll get to, we'll get to platform when we finish this next thing. And the thing that was lined up was something I think I've mentioned on the podcast before. But we have a new feature that we're integrating into our local citation finder that does a deep audit and a standalone tool, which we're calling Scannerator. So this thing was built by uh, Boyan, uh, one of our developers who we brought 
in-house, but he was a freelancer working on a side. And I wanted to do the side project, but I didn't want to distract my team from him. So he built this thing. And it's great. It works really well. But now that we're at this phase where we're actually integrating it into our stack, it it became clear that we couldn't do it because he built it in his own weird frameworky thing. And so it's like, well, we we're we're getting close to launching this thing. It's all functional, but when it comes to integrating it, we're going to have to rewrite it in our stack. And I was like, "What? This is going to take us like another month, maybe two. And then it was click, this like light bulb went off. I'd be like, what is that going to give us? Is it going to increase our MRR by a thousand bucks a month? Maybe, maybe it's not going to give us that much more. It's like, I keep pushing on all of these things that will definitely improve our software, but that's not going to two times our company. It's going to, it's just going to keep us floating along. It's going to keep us staying the course. If I put that on ice, it doesn't hurt us. We've already raised our prices for the local citation finder. So great. We're putting it on ice. We're not integrating that functionality until we can integrate it into platform. And so that was like, you planted the seed. I saw that exact situation occurring again, where I'm like, my God, I'm not going to delay platform by another two months. Forget it. We're putting everything on ice. We're focusing yep. on platform. And that absolutely, I feel so good about that decision. And um, I I know that that's going to get us to where we need to go. And yep. it's like, I don't know why it took me so long to, to have that shift of per- perception, because it's really easy to just keep building on what you already have rather yep. than going after the big price. Yep. Well, it's probably a couple of things. I mean, one, you know, we all have different levels of risk aversion and especially the larger you grow your company, you're responsible for more people. You're responsible for more customers. Um, You know, you, I think part of your success, Darren, is what, what I see in you is like, you are so wired to like, not only please, but exceed um, what people get from you. Like it's, in all the content you share, the presentations you give, like you, you just give so much. And so I think when you look at this, I, I think it's been hard for you to wrangle with somebody like, I'm just going to let it be good enough for a while instead of constantly pushing right. on it to be great, yeah. even though it's, it's ceiling just isn't the ultimate ceiling. Right. And that's where like right. getting this transfer of energy put into something that has a very high ceiling, um, but it, it's also going to be hard. There's risk involved in it. And it's risky when you take yourself away from, you know, the, the same track that you've been on, on trying to deliver greatness with what you do have out there and just being okay with it, it being the same for a while while you put all your focus into one thing. Yeah. The to-do lists don't stop. Like all of our existing software products, they, they each have a list of a hundred things that I want to do for them. And then what ends up happening is I end up on all these client calls, right? So I'm on a sales call or a customer support thing comes up. And so there's all these pulls happening, like a customer, a lead wants this thing. And then, and then your brain goes to like, well, if we built that thing, it would serve all of our customers and we could sell more and it would be great. But those are actually distractions, in my personal case, from the, yep. the bigger prize. And, and I realize that I have to focus our attention on the bigger prize and say, well, that's a cool feature. Let's do it when we have the main thing that we want to build it into done. Yep. 
one of uh, one of the things that I've done at multiple past companies, um, just because of the same things you're talking about, like that that happens everywhere in business for all of us, right? And I think right. the truly great leaders are the ones that find the time and find the ways to separate themselves from the busyness of of doing and the constant motion and boil it down to like, what is my one most important thing right now? And am I doing enough for that? Because if that doesn't happen, all of the other things usually pale in comparison, right? So, right. And, and I would try to do this from time to time, whether it was, you know, monthly or bi-monthly or even quarterly with my management team and just have a meeting in one of our normal, you know, exec team cycles or whatever, but say like, what's the one thing you need to get done right now? And does it have a blocker? Do you need support? Do you need resources? Yeah. And really make them think on that because it was real easy for everyone to report on. Here's my laundry list of things that I need to do that all need attention, meetings, calls, you know, whatever. Like we, we all have that, but like the truly great ones find a way to like, that's fine. That's still all going to be there if I step away from it or put it on ice or delegate or whatever else. But like, if I don't do this thing, like at some point the business will pay a price in, in one way or another, right? If it, if it truly is important enough to be prioritized, it's something that will cost you if you don't take action on it. Right. It's basically the exact same concept of that book, eat that frog. I think it's called eat that frog. And so it's like, you know, you start your day. What is the absolute, like you just, I know you got a list of a hundred things, but what's the one thing? Eat that thing in the morning. Do that thing first thing before you do anything else, and it'll set you up for success for the whole day. That yep. same concept can be applied at the greater scale at your company level. What is the frog? What is the one thing that you must focus on uh, to yep. move your company forward? I don't. I don't think I'm going to remember right now because I consume way too many SaaS and leader type podcasts, but. One of the ones this past week I was listening to, the guy was talking, he he literally puts his most important thing on a post-it note and it's on his bathroom mirror. So he sees it like right. every morning. So even if it's the most important thing for weeks at a time, like he, yeah. he comes face to face with it every morning, right? There's like no right. way he like sees it in writing. Um, and I just like so basic, but yet just this gentle reminder in your mindset that like, hey, it's great whatever I do today. But if I don't, if I don't contribute to this one thing, I'm sure. not, I'm not putting my valuable time into the most valuable thing on my docket at the moment. That, that was right. really, really interesting. Although it's, it, you know, it's hard because if you ask me right now, what is my personal one thing? Oh, I got three of them. <laughs> I don't know. I got three of them. I got the summit. I got my videos I got to make and I got platform, right? Yep. So I've got to, I have to move all of those things forward. Yeah. And that's not, that's not to say that doesn't happen. But at the end of the day, if someone made you strip down to one, it wouldn't be the summit and it wouldn't be your videos. No, but I, but that, you know, what happens though, I would let down a lot of people by having prioritized. And I think that's where the struggle is, right? It's like, yep. I got all these different pulls for my attention and, and my, my, input and my input has to, everyone wants it and so it's really tough when when you as your company grows because if i didn't do my videos and i didn't do the summit stuff then that would just fall apart Yep. saying no is hard saying no is hard Say, saying no is really really hard like it yeah. took me a long time to you know especially 
I've spent so much of my career on the sales and marketing side of running companies and like, right. It used to be like saying no to bad deals when you're young and hungry and trying to grow and you just take anything on, even though there's something in your gut that's like, Oh, this, the communication doesn't feel right. The expectations don't feel right, but I just want to get this deal. The money's good, whatever else. And then like you get into it and you're like, Oh, I would pay money not to have this deal right now. Like it is so the wrong deal. Like, yeah, I got a few of those in my in my closet for sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually I, I think more than ever at Gather Up, I got really good at being able to say no to those. Where I was just like, that's not who we need to help us grow. Like that, right. one, yeah. one way or another. And it was it was really like agency life is where I learned how hard like having a bad client in SaaS life isn't great, but it's not. Uh, agency life, like that bad client could just put your entire company on fire for no good reason. And sure, I, yeah. I don't, it's I don't miss that. At time. All. Yeah. Cause it's just all service delivery. And when, when service delivery things go wrong, your only option is to throw more people at it. And that just, there isn't always bandwidth to throw more people at it. And then that upsets the other things you're working on. Like, Oh man. Yep. Yeah. It's tough. Totally yep. is. Well, I, I applaud the, the moves you're making. And, you know, I, I just flat out think prioritization is the hardest thing in running a business. Like, I, I think it is the most challenging thing that's there mm-hmm. and something that, you know, I, I just always have so much work to do. Like, sometimes I feel like I see things really clearly and other times I fight all of those same battles, right? With like, what's exciting and what's mm-hmm. new and getting distracted. And I don't know, I've just, I've tried over time to just figure out as many things as I can to like, how do I boil it down to answer to one thing instead of so many, you know, the buts and the what ifs and like all that, like that, that's always there in every conversation that you can have with yourself. But a lot of times when I analyze, I just have to look at, you know, and it's like, and that's, that's where I'm at right now. Like my priority is launch, right? Like I, I have, yeah, I have 30 to 45 days at most, like, and I'm, I'm putting this on recording, like, I cannot go a day outside of July without launching, like, it's not going to happen. Right. The, the hard part, my what ifs and buts are, there's one bigger differentiating feature that might get cut off. Right. And not delivered at launch. Yep. And that super pains me as someone who's like a, like, product you know, I don't, I don't want to use the word perfectionist, but like I, I demand and expect a lot out of our tool. And, you know, I know things I want to build for years. And if I'm launching without something that kind of has always been in my V1 and something that I feel like is a differentiator and I'm going to have to wait another sprint or two sprints after launching, like yep. that just feels like such a like, oh, like, you know, I, I, I've almost said to others on the team, like, and I, I, I don't know if this is a great way to do it, but I'm just like, it's almost like parenting. I'm just like, don't, don't make me have to decide this, right? Like <laughs> somehow like pull this off, save the day. Let's get this feature included in what we're doing up until this time frame. But like, yeah. I don't want to launch without that. And, and if it's super apparent to me that we're not even going to be able to get it, then I'm going to launch even earlier, right? Because I'd rather launch in early July, um, knowing like I'm going to be without this no matter what, than like holding it even further. I think one thing you should 
trying to keep in mind is that you're going to have a a significant potential customer base that doesn't care about that feature. They want the core functionality. They're going to get that out of the gates. And then by by putting all of these things into uh, additional sprints, every time you launch a nice new feature, that's another marketing push. It's another chance to reach out to your existing customers, provide more value to them. And do a broader marketing push saying, hey, we now do this thing. We now do this thing. And so I actually came to that realization with our rank tracker product. We were building the whole thing from the ground up. And then, you know, my my dev team lead pulled me back and says, like, no, those features, yes, we want them for launch. It'd be great if they were there for launch. But it's actually can be a benefit to launch them after because you get that additional marketing engine running for every new cool thing that you're putting up. Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing that I struggle with is just first impressions. And yeah. especially when you launch, you do you do get the love when you launch, right? It's like, at least for me at this point, I have a good network of colleagues and friends and professional contacts. Like I'll be able to get social posts that get some good sharing to them and, yep. you know, figure out some other distribution things. And I, I just fear, right. It was the same with, you know, in, in running gather up for six years, there's so many times where I'd talk to somebody, it's like, Oh, well, I looked at you guys early on and, you know, it was just immature and missing so many things and whatever else. And then they, they don't pay attention to all the incremental steps you're making all the time. Right. And then you're just waiting. You need something to like grab them to like bring them back to get them mm-hmm. to say, oh, I should take another look because they probably have a lot more. I'm understanding they have a lot more, whatever else. But whatever turned me off to begin with, right? They they almost hold that to you forever, right? Their first impression was, you know, say, and this won't be the case with Leadferno. I've gotten enough feedback that, you know, the the interface is is beautiful and easy to use and everything. So I'm not worried about that, but say that was the case. Right. And there was like, Oh, you know, it just looks janky. It felt wrong. I couldn't figure out where to go. It wasn't intuitive at all. That person might never ever consider you again because they just look at like that company's not going to fix that. Or why would they fix that? Right. Sure. And those are the things that I stress about. And the, this feature that I have to decide against is like, it is it is a differentiator, and it's just one of those things too. I mean, you might be like, Aaron, why do you have a differentiator that's on the line at the end? But it's like there's just so many things to like build in the product, like something for one reason or another, and in some of like the steps we had to build, like it just had to be in that place. And so it's just like I'm just worried where you know it, it's not it's not going to make or break us. But mm-hmm. if I could get twenty or thirty people or 40 people to sign up those first few weeks as paying customers. And that's the reason why, or that's what keeps them as opposed to it doesn't the guarantee on getting them to come take a look again, when I message them two weeks or four weeks or six weeks later and be like, don't worry, it's here. Like I might not even know who they were. You know what I mean? Like it, it just, yeah, I hear what you're saying with, with, uh, with a brand new product launch, like, you know, you're coming out of the gates, no one really knows you. That first impression is kind of important. There is a an MVP that's just too minimum. You know, it shouldn't be so minimum that that attention you get with the launch is wasted, right? Yep. Yeah. I hear I hear your perspective there. And yep. now it does raise the question, what is, you know, let's say you decide, okay, we can't do it. We can't launch without this feature. Is it worth pushing back the launch by another three weeks? Like this is what you're grappling with, right? Yeah. 
And I already feel like I'm right. Like our internal goal was end of June. And so I've already come to grips with it's going to take another sprint and possibly two sprints. But yeah. that's where I say like, then, then I start hitting the point of like, what's not to keep allowing yourself to keep saying like, oh, just another sprint and another, right? <laughs> and next thing it's October yeah. and I still don't have a damn product out. And it's like, so I've, I've drawn in the line of sand and like, no matter what, if we hit mid-June and we were hopeful we could get it in, whatever, then I'll just say, nope, all we're doing is prepping the next five days to like launch. Like that's just what we're doing because yeah. I, I don't want to work. We have enough of the product there. I don't want to work any further in the dark without people's opinion with money on the line, right? It's like pilot customers and doing demos and people wanting to learn it. Like all of that's great. Um, but it's not the same as when they're saying yes or no with $150 or $200 a month behind their name. That's a much different piece of feedback. And I, I want to get to that because I want people to either be like, yes, and here's what I'd like to see next, or here's what I'm already learning in my usage, or this is a no for me. And here's, here's why, here's what you're missing. Here's why right. I'm not willing to, you know, plug into this or wait for you to bring this along or, or anything else. Like we need, we need to hit that at this point because, you know, we, we've been coding long enough. I don't, I don't want to go further. Yeah. It does make me wonder a little bit, and I'm sure you've thought of this is your communication uh, to that first batch of customers and being like really, you know, lots of reminders about what's coming, you know, yeah. just, you know, you're, you're getting in early and we're going to grandfather you in, but this is all the stuff that we're building and it's going to just keep getting better and trying to keep that excitement uh, brewing for them. Yep. Yeah. I, I know how important that is. I feel like that's something that we settled into and did really well at gather up. Like, we would be teasing features two or three months out. The minute we had like a visual on what the feature was going to look like, mm -hmm. we were telling people like, hey, this is coming and here's why we're building it, right? And helping them understand strategically how we were looking at things. And it was helpful uh, in, in so many ways. The, you know, the, the, the hard part for me with this is like, I know, I know two things that are really big, fast follow. Like the minute we launch, like literally we will celebrate for an hour and then be like, and now we got to get to these, you know, two things. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah. Our, 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 our mobile apps being one of them. Um, and yeah. so I'll be able to promote like those two things, like, Hey, we're heads down working on these as they take shape. Right. I want to get it to a point where I can give a good firm date that we'll be able to hit for people so that they're not disappointed. Um, but I mean, I also know who knows what, the priorities will have to be reset when I have, you know, the, the hopeful is we have 20, 50, 100 users within weeks. And then yeah. they're telling us what's missing or what would make their life really easy. And then, then we have to figure how much do we work on those things versus on these big pieces that will open up more. So, oh, it's about to get interesting. <laughs> it's going to be good. We have lots to talk about on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. But that's just all the, you know, reason more why, you know, I, you just can't go any further. Like the, and I think every founder pride has this, I, I definitely have this struggle, like a minimal viable product is just like, so hard for me, like so right. hard for me. <laughs> yeah, me too. And that's actually, it's, it's one of the things I realized has held us back because, you know, you could keep perfecting something for a really long time before you ever launch it. And, yep. uh, you know, that's, 
that back to our topic that's prioritizing right like what yep. what is the priority what needs to get done uh, that's going to create revenue growth in your company that's really what it all comes down to yep absolutely so i'm going to keep focusing on my priority of launching and Hopefully the dev team can prioritize my feature and get it in there. If not, we're going to, the priority is going to be time and we're just, we're not going to stretch any further without getting, you know, I don't, I don't know what term to use, credible feedback, you know, just real feedback instead of, you know, like I said, pilot customers and testers and friends are nice, but they're just the, they don't look at as critical as those paying for it and using it within their business process. Like that's who you need to be listening to that makes sense i liked your uh your comment about drawing a line in the sand you know it's like we we would love to have this feature but here's the line if we're if it's if we're not going to have it then we're not going to have it yeah and in a, in a perfect world your team gets that and understands it right like if you communicate mm-hmm. that far enough up front what you would hope for out of your team is like they're they're planning and preparing and knowing that there's a deadline that's mm-hmm. far enough out where they can make decisions, do their own prioritizing and, and figure out those things. Also, even having pride of the work, like, hey, we don't want to launch without this, right? Like, yeah. So I, I think there's there's some smart things that can be done when you're transparent with your team with that and helping right. them understand you know, prioritization and why you're prioritizing things that way. Uh, again, that's an area where I really grew at gather up in just being very intentional in communicating with the team and letting them know, here's the order we're going to build features in. And, and here's why, here's why it matters to our business or fits in with our vision um, and allowed them to support it and then make their prioritization and their decisions against it. And I think that's a really freeing thing for your team. Yeah, I think it's it's an area uh, of personal growth for me. That's a, something I can get a bit better at because I don't really have deadlines defined and I have been notorious for not defining them. But that's also comes back to scoping out our projects really well. So having them really well scoped, defining these sprints, defining these timelines, uh, that's something that I got to get better at. Nope. Always something to get better at. Yeah, definitely. Forever. All right. Should we, should we wrap it up? We should wrap it up. We did it in 45 minutes. <laughs> hey, you know, that's a, that's a win. We always discuss if we can go shorter, we try not to get longer, but, uh, you know, as I told you, no one's ever complained. No one's ever like written us and said, Hey, this is, this is too long. I just, I can't handle sure. it. So. All right. Well, any listeners, if you have any complaints, let us know. <laughs> yes. Or if you have praise, let us know too. Like, it's just always nice to know. It's just not Darren and I talking or, you know, yep. topic ideas we get every now and then, questions you want answered. We love, yep. love, love to hear from listeners. So, all right, Darren. Well, I, uh, I hope you have uh, a fabulous time enjoying uh, some, some summer. And yeah, thanks. Same to you. Hopefully, you know, I know you have your second vaccination shot up and coming and that Come that on. helps return a few more uh, spices of life and socialization and those things that are have been hard to come by. For sure. Yeah, I look forward to that that lifestyle that you're 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 getting into now. <laughs> it, feels, a trip. It, it feels kind of good. I know. Sounds good. Oh, right. to be normal. Yep. Totally. All right. Well, have a good one, Darren, and thanks everybody, and we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks everybody. 